I'm just a young black boy paying all my bees, trying to balance life, but getting real. I'll always give my best, even when I won't rest. I put my best foot forward and take that step. And we are back for episode five of the checkpoint tonight hello ladies and gentlemen we are back for episode five of the checkpoint yes ladies and gentlemen we have been doing this little thing here for five whole weeks And I just first want to give honor to God who's ahead of my life, who has blessed me to have the energy, the willpower, and the drive, the the passion, the purpose to do this and to use my voice for whatever it is that he places upon my heart um, to do. So thank you. And the first announcement of the week is we are blessed. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, we are back for another episode. As always, I hope you guys had a wonderful week. I hope you were able to take away, you know, little pockets of joy, um, for sure, happiness along the way, and did some things that you needed to do to take care of yourself. On my end of the world, I received another offer from the like the job that I really, 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 really had in my heart because it's more aligned with what I want to do in life in terms of really giving back to um, young adults and making sure they have resources to be successful and steering them in the right path. So super, 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 super blessed for that. Thank you to the people that gave me advice. I talked to my aunt because the thing is, I also received another offer that I accepted, right? Like they were just moving quicker. Um, And I know that the job that I currently am in, I was like, okay, you know, this is this is not a bad offer. It's still in the, you know, it's still in the the, the deck of cards. I know how to deal and shuffle. Like, it's I can do it. Um, but it was it was safe. Um, so I took that offer, and I t- <laughs> I talked to my aunt about it um, this past week. Once I got the email confirming everything for the other place. And she was like, because I asked her, I was like, you know, should I feel bad for like, you know, wanting to, um, ooh, this coffee is hot as hello. Um, If I should take the offer, you know, I feel bad because I already took some other offer. And she was like, this is her words. This is, these are not mine. But what? Boy, hell nah. It's business. It's business. They'll be okay. Just tell them that, you know, thank you for accepting, um, offering you the job offer and thank you for seeing some of me and. Let them bless somebody else. They'll be okay. You know how many times I done did that? Here, you feeling sad for it's business. They just gonna move on to the next. And I was like, well, I wonder how much it cost them to what you gonna how much you ain't paying. They'll be okay. They got money. Yeah, they was gonna pay you a salary. They they can afford it. So <laughs> thank you, Antoya, for that. Um, and I talked to my mom too, and she was really helpful, and my friends who gave me the feedback. And um, yeah, it was really helpful for you guys. Like I prayed on it blessed like when i got the offer i literally burst out in tears like i think i posted on instagram like just the aftermath of me crying it was just like 
another example of how God is faithful. Yes, he is. Even in the midst of some things not looking out the way it wanted to be, there's always something to remind me and people um, of how we are guided along the way and how the promises and everything can still be fulfilled. So I had a great week personally. Now, um, there were some things that happened in the world. I'm not going to say it happened this week because it happened uh, not a long time ago, but a few weeks ago. I think we're just now seeing the the outcome of the officers who took the life of Mr. Tyree Nichols. And I first off want to say I did not watch the video. I have been trying to stay away from watching the video for just mental health purposes. I know it's, it's really hard in the world of social media because a lot of things are just recycled so much and just shared. Um, but before I go into my thoughts on everything, I just want to say to the family, the people that knew him personally, the community of Memphis, because I know it impacts you guys directly in a deeper way that it that it may do some of us, though we are familiar with with that particular situation, unfortunately, because we have seen it reoccur so many times in history. I want to extend my prayers to the community, to the people. I ask that God continue to give us, give you all, give you all the strength to wake up every day, to push forward, even in the face of adversity, pain, and grief. I know that level of strength sometimes seems impossible to ask for or to receive, but I know that it is possible. God knows this is something that I don't want, that I wish no one had to experience and know about. And I wish that we as a people were not so used to seeing it and hearing about it to the point where we literally have to try to figure out how we can run from it. Um, at the end of the day, that was a human being. That was a man who had people who loved him a man that had love to pour out, regardless of any detail, regardless of any idiotic thing that we know that the media tried to sometime place as justification, none of that matters. I just don't think anyone deserves to be treated like that. And the, the amount of I can't even really put it into words, but there is this neglect and there's a lack of care when it comes to humanity. Now, I can't point my finger on when it took a turn to go as fast and as far as downhill as it's going and it has been going. and 
please, this is this is not me minimizing um, facts of the past of things that happened years ago and decades ago. But as of lately, and maybe it's because just we are so heavy on social media, so we are seeing those things um, at a quicker rate than we would have to see that we had to turn on the cable TV news and to watch CNN like we would do back in the day. But there is no love for humanity, a lack of love for humanity, I say, because those are those there are people like myself and other people like you guys are listening that really care about humanity and they care about the lives of others in the intersection that that person um, may sit. But it's just sad to constantly see this world and so much chaos and the attentiveness and that sense of urgency that we need from our government officials is just not there because their competence is below the dirt. Their competence, their intelligence, their care, it is 50 feet below. Um, and I think it's really up for people who care about humanity to try to find ways to pour back into it as much as we can so the love can be the equal reaction to what we see and happening and just let it just pour out and permeate through all the communities that we can. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and what I wanted to say more about that was sharing videos that highlight those kind of incidents, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, and I think for me, and I was talking to a, a couple of friends and uh, I think one of my former coworkers and a friend of mine, shout out to you, Diana, um, her and I had a very brief conversation about it, but we were trying so hard to avoid it because we knew what it would do to us emotionally and mentally and spiritually. It, seeing those kind of things, it's not normal. It shouldn't be normal. And I was really saddened by the fact that we had a countdown for the video to drop. And again, I I just said it's a double-edged sword. So just as it's painful to watch, to see, to know about, I also know it's important or it has a purpose for, it has a purpose for us to constantly remind this country of the horrific things that happen in a lot of the corners of the world, particularly the United States of Shaterica. And I, that's not, I'm talking about S-H-I-T, that, yes. Um, so I get it. It's like, it's just like a very violent duality that those videos play. Um, it's just like the, it's like when videos come out of like certain things happen in the convenience stores, like, we know that that camera is set up there for a purpose. It, it catches crimes. Sometimes those crimes are super violent and then we have to see it. But if it wasn't for the camera, like we get it, I, I get it at least. It's just said that that's the world that we live in now. Um, and I was reading 
and, and before I go any further, y'all, small talk would not be as as heavy as this. We're gonna get to some lighter things, I promise you. But I'll be remiss to not share something that has been playing in my mind in, in regards of my people. I was reading something um this week in my Baba app. And it talked about it talked about how, uh, um, excuse me, <clears throat> I don't know where that came from, Chad. <laughs> hey, little Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson situation there. Um, it talked about how Paul in the Bible, how he was going through a situation of really noticing that he had a thorn and he felt like the thorn was given to him by the devil and he felt like, you know, because of this thorn, he knew that he would have to face years of persecution. Um, and that he was going to have to deal with people talking about him and treating him a certain way and not seeing him as someone that was deserving of the holiness per se um drinking coffee here and i started to think about well i actually read that particular um scripture before the video surfaced but i started to think about the different thorns that we have and I'm not going to get too into the, the text because I don't want y'all to think I'm out here going to be a deacon of y'all. But you never know. Um, ooh, I can't imagine that. God, we would need to discuss that well in advance. I think that's the case. But um, I thought about how blackness itself can feel like a thorn to my people. Because, one, we didn't ask for our... Um, racial identity before we were formed in, in the wound or before we made our grand visit through the can you know the canal or the slicing situation we didn't ask for our, our history to be what it was and what it is and we have to navigate this life knowing that our blackness is a target it's a target that comes with stereotypes. It's a target that comes with violence. It's a target that comes with um, just heavy systemic oppression that will cause some people to wish they could parade away or wish they could, you know, identify as a different race. And I'm speaking about blackness because that's what I am. That's my vantage point. So if you're someone of a different race and you know that your people also have you know, history of dealing with white folks in this country. I hear you. I see you. I also think that it, that can be a thorn, but I can't speak on that because I am not a part of that racial group or, or ethnicity. So just, just listen to this and apply it as you will. Um, but I, I think about like, maybe, maybe that's why it's also hard for, for some black people to go in spaces and be themselves like just their authentic selves because the fear 
of that thorn being so noticeable, I mean, it's already noticeable, but like that thorn being used against you as to why you should not be in those spaces. And it sucks too, because I also watched a clip and you can imagine where I saw this clip from, but I saw um, a political person using Christianity in biblical context to justify what happened in that video. And he almost went down a rabbit hole to justify the treatment of black people historically. And it's, that's a scary thing. It's, it's so dangerous and it's scary because I know who I pray to. I know who I serve. I know who I tell people about when it comes to the goodness and the blessings. I know, I know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I know who I'm praying for. And I, and I can tell you from my, again, because it's all about relationship, from my relationship with God and from my interpretation of the biblical context and scriptures and stuff, I don't see that. <laughs> like, I, I, there are certain parts in there in, in um, biblical context that speaks about slaves and master, but that all, we also revisit that as a, we revisit that somewhere in history to the point where the Christian community had to say, some of the Christian community had to say, well, this particular part about treatment of slaves and we had this wrong. Mm. So like, again, like just the interpretation of that and how that can be weaponized, it's a scary thing because it perpetuates that my people, our permanent roles in society should be oppressed. It should be where we are on the end of receiving violence and we are the people that don't deserve. It's just a scary thing. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be speaking on it too long because again, like we have to go back into these work workplaces and deal with what that thorn is as far as being black. I don't view it as a thorn. Um, I think there's a comparison, but you know what I'm saying? Like I want us to view, I don't want you guys to take it, take this in context and say, well, Darius, I don't view my blackness as a thorn. No, I don't think that we should. I'm just saying the comparison of sometimes it can feel like that sometimes. Um, yeah, again, prayers, may God keep the community, his his family, his loved ones uplifted with his righteous hand. May grace flow, may compassion in, in the comfort of his word and may blessings continue to be the thing that drives you and pushes you forward and let his word guide you on how to heal from this um and just praying for the safety because i know it's a dangerous dangerous time right now with the detention and i just want to say oh before i move on to other things i saw somebody on twitter say something about you know well how fast these officers got arrested that's funny that's strange listen 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 mama i get it i get where you're coming from but right now not the time i'm just glad that they got arrested and what i want y'all to know too there's a systemic issue with the police department formerly known as the kkk formerly known as slave masters there's an issue at hand that 
they are just trained to see black bodies as something that we lack the 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 decency to be treated as humans so it's a systemic issue at hand with that institution it doesn't matter who's on the other end of the uniform whether they black white um latina asian doesn't matter it's the issue at hand is how that institution where it was rooted from they're they're just trained to see us as people who don't deserve to be treated as humans most of the time it's going to come from a white man a white woman absolutely absolutely but unfortunately when people of other racial groups get into that group sometimes they also perpetuate the systemic issue at hand so i just want y'all to think about that okay okay um so i also was it last week somebody somebody last week was saying how frank mitchell was the worst dad on television I agree. <laughs> I agree. From his haircut to how he treated, well, I don't like Maisha either. But to his haircut and his parenting is, uh, choices, absolutely, absolutely, put him number one on worst of worst fathers on uh, television. Now I do got some people I want to add to that list that I think we need to kind of dive into. Why they are on my list or why they should be on your list? Let me drink my coffee, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, hear me out here. Let me see if I got that. I think I got starting five. One, two, three, four. I do. So on my starting five of characters that work on my nerves till this day. Joan Clayton. Joan Clayton. Joan Clayton, y'all be on Tony Childs as a horrible friend. Sure, we can read her down too. But that Joan, that Joan, that Joan, a lot of times she was wrong from when she chose to go tell Tony's boyfriend about the situation, from how she treated Maya. Y'all remember the episode with Maya Homegirl had like the cable hookup and Joan was like kind of, um, judging her yeah Maya hunger she was trifling i mean she had some trifling actions however joan was so judgmental dog i like when they had the, the the fight at the club joan disappeared or how um um joan did so many things man or when joan when joan decided to to go buck wild and she missed tony's court hearing for the child I can go down the list, Joan. And first of all, that the the group of friends on girlfriends, beautiful chaos. Be, because every last one of them, I couldn't be y'all friend long term, girl. And if I had to put them in order, as far as like worst to best, Joan would be worst for sure. Um, and I would let me see. I would actually put. Y'all gonna be like, really, Whooper? I will put Lynn right in front of Joan because Lynn, she was entitled. 
She was lazy. She was a moocher, um, a liar. She was helpful at times, but that alone would work in my nerves. Like, girl, you got to go. I'm so damn needy. Um, ooh, 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 yikes. Um, I, then Tony and then Maya. But see, Tony and Maya are also interchangeable because Maya did a lot of things that worked my nerves too. But most of the time she was always, I, I tell you what, if I had to look like, look at it as who would I want to be friends with for like four to eight months, I would pick them too because I would feel like they would at least help me laugh. You know what I'm saying? And we'll go out and have a good time. Lynn will always need a ride. Lynn will always try to confuse you or trick you and manipulate you into giving her some money to go out and then she'll up on your couch. And then Joan will have a problem with you want to go out versus not, like, it's just, ugh. But Joan, you're on that list, sweets. Next on the list, it should not be a surprise. Mo to the, eat to the, wake up in the morning, noon day and starting, it's me, Mo Isha, horrible friend. The way you treated Kim, the way you treated Hakeem, horrible friend. Would not recommend. Don't ever want to see her again. Can she go? Goodbye, Mo. Like, Mo was horrible. I don't know how she didn't get smacked on television versus getting slapped by Monica in real life with Brandy being the main character. Moesha was the one that needed to be slapped. Okay, maybe maybe Monica was slapping Brandy on behalf of us who want to slap on Isha. Hmm. I ain't mad at you, Mo. Perspective. I appreciate you taking that air for us. I uh, guess it would be a W because Brandy didn't fight back. Um, next on my list, coming in at, well, I don't have it in order, but Professor Ogilvie, Mo. I still can't get over how unattractive that man was and how he had the audacity to act like Nikki Parker, who was a stalker, that Nikki Parker was not a beautiful woman or that she was not, you know, worthy to be with somebody like him. First of all, you're ugly. Second of all, your hair is like a shaved pack of noodles. Come it down. You had all those things to do. At the, at the college level, when you was only making like 50K a year, you won balling, sit down, you ain't know all of that. Just be happy somebody trying to be on your little job. And then he interrupted her life two times. The first time was when his friend Kenny, that she should have stayed with, when she was trying to date him. And then when the male, I think his name Mel, is it Mel B? It's Mel something. He was also on Living Single. When he came in, Try to marry Nikki. Yeah, maybe I should have added Nikki to the list because she was stupid too. Um, and Florida Evans, my 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 my. Florida was Florida was problematic, and she was the thing that was holding her family back. Um, she just she 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 enjoyed being a victim, and I, I don't think she knew how she would react to success in just having things figured out. I think she preferred to complain than praise. Ooh, to complain and praise. All right, now. Last on the list is Dro from Insecure. On top of him not being attractive, just a waste of height. 
Yeah, that's it. I don't have it for Dro. I don't have it for Dro. If Issa called me and said, "Hey, if we did a reboot, yes or no, who who would you not want to see come back? Dro, don't bring him back. Don't bring him back. Mm-mm. Dro was awful, awful human being. He had it must have been because it wasn't his face. Seriously, I don't know how Molly was doing it, girl. It had to be the D. And I don't never want to be that confused. Don't give it to me that good. I don't want it. If I, I, if I gotta be stupid on how you treat me and how you look, mm-mm, keep it at mediocre. Let me think straight. Bit. No. I feel like there's somebody else I could have added on the list. Did I? I don't know. It's a lot of people. Um. But before. We go back. I just want to give you guys the heads up. If you have not watched You People on Netflix, amazing. I'll be doing a review on it on my review page, The Pop Perspective. That's P-O-P-S-P-E-C-T-I-V on Instagram. Hilarious. Julia Dreyfus, Eddie Murphy, Neil Long. Just beautiful balance between the cast. Perfect. Jonah Hill. And uh, oh, do who do blackish, amazing, amazing job, amazing. I'm gonna give you that for the year. All right, y'all, we're gonna take our first break and we come right back for the main checkpoints of the episode. Toodles. My, 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 thank you to Anchor by Spotify. Anchor by Spotify. Shout out for being the platform that has allowed me to distribute my platform to Apple Podcasts, of course, Spotify, because duh, Anger by Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soon to come, Amazon. You guys have made it so easy for me to give the people my messages and have fun with what I love doing. If you're someone that's trying to get into the podcast world, go to anchor.fm. Or download it on your Apple or Android platforms. Anchor by Spotify, super easy, super friendly. Get started today. And we be up in the club, and we up to the bed. Y'all remember that song by Ella Kuchy called Headsprung? That's like the song that really gets me in the, the mood to to just at the club. Anyway. Uh, let me check my little, my production notes of the production team of one of just myself. I was watching, um, Insecure over again, as I mentioned last week, when I got into deeper detail about how trifling Issa was, which still stands true on my end. I don't know about y'all, but I'm gonna stand 10 toes down on that, baby. She, she, in the end, she recovered, you know what I'm saying? But in, in, in. In her journey, in her journey line, you still was a trifling, scandalous little thing. But I'm glad she found herself and found change and salvation. And she got the life that she wanted. Amen, amen. But I was watching the show and I started to think about, well, I've always really known how relatable it was. But again, as of recently, it's almost as like life has imitated art <laughs> for me as, as far as my life. Um, but 
a lot of the show really made me think about this constant feel of FOMO and that's fear of missing out that a lot of us have in our 20s. And as I'm closing the chapter on my 20s as of this year, it's just, it's currently, it's like a lot of reflection and a lot of restoration and rediscovering on my end that I think that I'm pulled to do right now. But a lot of the expectations that I had on myself in my 20s I'm kind of stuck in between if they were expectations that I had truly for myself or if they were expectations that I gathered by looking at other people and feeling like, okay, you and I relate based off of just like what's on like what's the appearance is, right? Like what's, I guess you can say what's on paper, maybe. So if these are your expectations, then surely mine should probably be aligned with that too. Like I'm I'm stuck in between if some of them were mine and some of them were of just comparison. And I think it's half and half. Like I remember, let's just go like when I was, the little young boy, a boy, now I'm a man. When I was a young boy in college, right? My mind was, okay, in college, when I got to college, I had my first relationship. I was like, okay, this is real love right here, baby. Like, we gonna go, we finna have us loving basketball kind of moment. Wait a minute. Not me realizing that loving basketball as the example was kind of piss poor because what they went through. Damn, I should have realized that back then. But anyway, uh, <laughs> ooh, yeah, because, ooh, yeah, Monica and Q, that was, the, ooh, you live and you learn, I guess. But, yeah, like, that was my expectation. Like, I wanted, I was in college, I had a um, relationship that I thought I was going to marry this person um, by, you know, 24, 25. Both of us would have had our degree, engaged, headed for marriage you know, masters, all this stuff. And, you know, eventually where I am now would have had uh, the house together, all this stuff, right? However, 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 it didn't work out that way. I finished college, but damn sure when at 22. <laughs> finished at 24 as far as my undergrad. Was I 24? 23 or 24. I just know it wasn't, I know it wasn't 22 because I thought 22 was the age that you should finish your undergrad. And I remember the amount of pressure, depression, disappointment, frustration that I had be, around that time. Cause I was like, man, ooh, I'm so far behind, man. I didn't finish at 22. Now I got to start. If eventually I made peace with that. And I was like, well, that's not true. Like, look around you. There are so many people in life that's that's finishing now as far as the undergrad at different ages you know some around your age some younger some older it's just it just it's contingent on what god has for you was part of your own journey however on the other end the relationship didn't work out 
bomb, bomb, bomb. Like that didn't work out, you know. So I was like, okay, cool. All right, now what's gonna happen now? And then eventually was was dating, and I'm someone. Uh, I tell people to date and find out what what's right for them. And you know what I'm saying? Like, don't be scared to date multiple people at the same time. Do you, boo? That's what dating's supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to date and have fun and meet different people. Hell yeah, like, you ain't tied down. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Like, when I was dating, I was dating to marry. Like, every time I dated someone, I was dating with the mindset, okay, I'm going to go into this situation, and I'm going to move in a way where I'm preparing myself for marriage and being open to marriage with this person that's just what it was again clearly i'm not married now so we, we see what it is i'm not even engaged so we see what that but that didn't work out and i was like okay well all right okay now this is not happening and i think now well, not now, but like throughout my twenties, it's also been like a lot of doing three sixties back and forth and seeing, oh, this person just got engaged. Oh my god, that's so cute. Oh, this person just got engaged and they got baby on the way. Oh my god, they building a family. That's so cute. Oh, this person just moved, copped the house. Oh, okay, they you know that's biz ball shit. Okay. This person just started their own business, entrepreneurship. Okay, boom, boom, boom. And I was doing these 360s. Just doing a 360, just looking and looking and looking. Okay. Who, okay, they got something that I had on my expectation list. All right. All right. Who? All right. Okay. All right now. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Darius, what's going on? The expectation that you set for yourself, they're not really happening. Are they not happening in the order that you wanted them to? Or as fast as you wanted them to? What's going on? And I think recently, like we're sitting down and we're talking to my therapist. And I'm I'm, I'm honest. If anybody knows me personally, if I am... a transparent, vulnerable, honest guy. I don't tell all my business, but I ain't gonna lie to you either. Like I'm gonna be truthful because I think that's what sharing truth is. It's supposed to help each other along the way, especially if you can relate to it. But I had to stop myself from looking, um, doing the whole 360 thing so much because it was starting to weigh down on me. And I think oftentimes we're just always surrounded by the the vanity of having things together and not really knowing the 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 backstory or um the validity of those pictures and what people are portraying, right? And I noticed that I was starting to really develop FOMO in terms of what my life was or should look like in my 20s should keyword is should um and i started to really do some some work and not I, the work didn't start as of 
recently, like as of, you know, 29, it's been something that I've been trying to get better at here, here and there. But I think what happened was like, I just started to coast. I was comfortable with how things were. Um, things felt like they were on track. And when things got derailed, I think I started to spiral again and do the whole 360 thing again and, and try to reevaluate what I was doing wrong. Because I, if, if I'm not having the success that I want right now in these areas of my life, something is I'm doing something wrong. You know, God is disappointed at me. And somehow, like, I need to reevaluate my actions, my intent. What am I? What can I recall as far as like pull back in and retry again? But I think some of it was truly placed on myself because I felt like by having certain things around a certain time frame that that would allow people to look at me as an example of this too can happen for you. And I think when things start to not happen that way, I freak out or was freaking out because I was assuming that, okay, if these things are not happening are happening for you, then you are you looked at as someone that just can't get it right? Or are you looked at as someone that's behind the curve? Like people are looking at you, people are looking at you. And I know that's not necessarily the case, right? But what I can say that comes from that comes from me knowing spiritually and deep down that a part of my purpose in life is truly to inspire people with my story, my truth, my triumphs, from my failures. And I remember this. I never forget Diddy. Diddy, Diddy, I know you're listening. Khadija, Khadija Todd, Diddy, Diddy. You remember when we went to church back when we was like, we were still doing stupid stuff. So I'm going to say about 20, about 21, 22. We went to church and this, um, a prophet spoke to me. Looked at me. I was sitting down, literally sitting down, listening to the word, watching the spirit move in the room, watching the spirit have its way. And he looked at me and he told me, it's a lot on your mind. You are trying to figure out how you can do everything that you want to do in life because you know that what you're meant to do, you're meant to, to show the way for the people you care about and love the most. And it's starting to weigh on you. And I'm telling you now, the things that you want to accomplish in life, they can happen, they will happen because that's what you are meant to do. And at the time, I think I was a poly like 22, 23. Because at the time I was actually sitting out of school. Um, and I was thinking, man, like if I don't, if I don't graduate, if I don't graduate with my bachelor's, I'm a failure. And I cannot let that be because I have 
so many people in my family, so many people around me that I truly know for a fact that I was chosen to inspire. I was chosen to be a blueprint for them and for myself. And I just remember like, man, they disappoint me because I, I always felt like I knew that I was going to carry that throughout my life of just being the one that lit the path for people to come after me as far as my immediate family and those who just took a liking to me. I just knew that that, that to be true. Um, and that carried over into my 20s. And it's a it's a it's a blessing and a curse for sure. But that's where the expectations start to really kind of come from. And I I just felt like, man, if I don't get these things right in my 20s, I can't be viewed uh, in a way where I can inspire people, I can motivate people, I can share my story with people. Because if you're just a bag of failure, who the hell want to listen to you? <laughs> like that was, that's what was in my mind. Um, but I also think the approach that society have for your 20s and what we see on television is it's a whole bunch of these faux success stories. I'm not saying that success stories don't happen in your 20s. Are, are not saying, and I'm not saying that we don't have success in our 20s, because we do have success in our 20s. There are people who have success stories. We 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 bag some W's in our 20s for sure. I, I can name a plethora for myself. But overall, as far as the lifestyle um, that we see in society, that we hear about or watch on television, um, the the half truth that's presented on social media, or even sometimes how our family members and our close friends start to question certain chapters that we go through in our in our twenties, right? And I can relate to I can relate this to like the conversation that some people have with their daughters. Um, about like, you know, marriage and in and, and kids as far as that being something that happens around 25, 26. Like a lot of people, y'all, have that conversation. And if you can imagine if you're someone like me at that time that's already having that thought on your mind and your shoulders, imagine hearing it from people around you. You're really going to feel like, oh, like I am really behind the curve. What is eyes gonna do? Like that's how if it, it feel. Like I don't think I honestly think it may be because I'm black. Hmm, who knows? Hmm, we can chalk it to that. But I feel like Insecure was one of the first shows that I saw that showed the the hot mess that happens in that age group and what's so crazy when the show started it's a character that had just turned 29. oh my god see here i go again here i go again thinking about that um but yeah like people just didn't 
they didn't show the ups and downs of that because I can't I can't name I can't name one medium that painted a healthy picture of what it's like to be alone in your 20s and not the agony and pain and discomfort of being a of being lonely rather in your 20s you know what i'm saying like now that i am someone that's navigating life less busy before because the relationship status has changed and i'm doing more self-work than ever before at least i'm doing more self-work and more and being more intentional with my alone time than i've ever done before in my 20s and there are some days where it feels super 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 uncomfortable and there are some days when it feels like oh wow there's a lot of great things that can come from this however i've never witnessed on television any character that was breezing from episode to episode to paint a picture that being alone in your 20s or early 30s was okay and that it can be used in a productive way where either you're doing inner work or um you know finding out how to really show up in a relationship like it doesn't have to be all bad or it doesn't have to be this or well i'm here it's all that matters at least i get to breathe but oh man i wish i had somebody in my couch why tell it like that's how the media is always painted and that's how like society paints is like do you oh you ain't gonna buy it oh okay hmm that's sad you should get out there and start dating again or you ain't got no you ain't got no friends to do xyz with like there's a push there's a push that if you have a long time that depression or that somewhere something is off track is happening something is off and i kind of and, I, and not to say that depression and all those things doesn't happen because I, it's it's a thing. It's a it, it's truly a thing. Yes, it does happen. Like those two things can exist. There are good days and bad days. What I'm saying is, we see more of the bad days than the good days. We hear about the bad days more so than the good days. And like I have to tell one of my other friends, he's going through the same thing, and we have to have. We are a support system for one another because I know in his mind, he's an overthinker and he struggles with attachment, whereas I struggle with abandonment and the anxiety of missing out or not being on track for what God has for me, which I'll talk about that later on. So... You know what I'm saying? Like we have to to be a support system because otherwise we just never had those conversations about a long time in your twenties. And people and, and on the other side of that, like sometimes you have your friends who do this whole woe is you guilt trip, like you ain't wanna go out, you just gonna all you do is sit on the couch and XYZ or you don't never 
what if I actually like the material of my goddamn couch? How about that? Like, what if I paid a lot for this couch and I want to make sure I get my money's worth off this couch? What if I just want to make sure that since rent is so high, maybe I want to look at the corner of the wall to make sure there is no cracks just in case I need to report something. Like, y'all, a long time is not something that we don't need that whole guilt trip something is wrong let me pull you out of the the shackles of can we stop and again i'm not saying that i don't have my days of being uncomfortable or being i feeling like eeyore from winnie pool but let me feel that and not i can i can feel that emotion of fomo i feel like i'm missing out and let that feeling come and let it be acknowledged and allow myself to also acknowledge that there is some there is some positive that can come out of that because too another thing that is true to all of this is a lot of times we tie our self-worth to meeting those expectations and I ain't trying to speak for you if you ain't in that number you ain't got to hold your little card up. I speak to the people that feel me. You understand? But for me, a lot of that, those things, I tied myself work to. I tied my competence to. I tied my 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 message to, meaning like I couldn't be used in a way that I thought if these things are not accomplished at this time frame or if my life doesn't look like this. Like, even when it came to um academics my self-worth was tied to that people are going to think you are dumb people are going to not want to give you a job like i told y'all like what the advisor told me that time about me not being capable of going to to grad school because of my up and down and my undergrad i internalized that heavy because i thought that was a, a sign of well see that your worth is tied to these things because if you can't get this right, people are going to look at you and say that you are undeserving. Whole thing with like marriage. Like I started to kind of look around and see, oh, okay, okay. These, these, it's happening. It's happening for other people. Okay. Don't pass me by, oh Lord. Like, okay, all right now. And I started to feel like, well, okay, oh, wow. When things got derailed, oh, 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 ho, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. It was like, see, see there, told you. Told you some some ain't right. You ain't worthy. Your worth your worth is tied to that. See what I'm saying? Let now look at you. Like that was something that I felt like in order for me to truly display my worth to the world and to myself, I felt like I needed to accomplish those things. And I keep speaking as if the healing and the recovery process has done its full 180. But child, I'm a work in progress every day. So again, I'm honest, keeping a book. So it's a it's some days where I'm going to feel like the self-worth is tied to that. It's going to be some days where I feel like I am not my hair. I am not my job. I am not the expectation that you give to me. Sometimes the, it be the society or myself. Like, Sometimes, like, I have those days where I'm feeling like, you know, 
my self-worth is tied to more intrinsic things and not these other things. So don't think that like um sitting over here or trying to be Oprah on super this is random, but when Oprah had that conversation with Quinta and they was talking about um imposter syndrome and both of them said they never witnessed imposter syndrome and oprah said that a few years ago when it, the term started to be pro, um, popular she was thinking like okay what is imposter syndrome and she said she googled it and when she read a definition she was like oh i never felt this before i ain't saying i'm hating on you but everybody ain't able because imposter syndrome is it is it is crippling so for people who don't experience that, glory be to God for you because it truly it is crippling. It it can make you it 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 can make you feel like you are unworthy of a lot of things. Um so that was random, but I just thought about that. Um Yeah, so like I started to kind of do things more to where I'm listening to the things that have come to pass that I wanted and I'm acknowledging that it happened. It, it didn't happen probably at the time that I wanted to happen, but it happened. And I think that's been kind of helpful for me to kind of get out of that, to get out of the, the sunken place that those expectations that come which are twenties and this whole glamorized I've made it. I'm married. I got my kid. I got my home. It's a beautiful thing. And shout out to people who do have it. Beautiful thing. Um praises be to God and to you for accomplishing that and that and that being a part of your journey line and your story. But the other truth does not get told as much. Um, it's a tough thing. I never forget when um I saw that a friend got engaged. I had to really delete social uh, social media. Like I got off the gram, and I was like, I sat in my room, pray for her, pray for her future um union, and I just laid in bed because I had to deal with what that was doing to me because comparison is a thief of joy and a thief of acknowledging what has come to pass so i was dealing with that uh, but that's been helpful to me hopefully that's something that is helpful to everyone else because uh, some things doesn't happen when we want it to but eventually if you if you think about it a lot of the things that we wanted and asked God for and worked towards, they it has come to pass. Just not when we thought that we would gain it. And for some reason we felt like gaining it at that time would, you know, release all of the cheers and applause from people. But bump that. And again, that was something else that I had to get out of my mind and then I'm starting to let go of more and more is the 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 applause and the cheers that I associate with things happening at a certain time. But as long as it comes to pass, I think holding on to that is more helpful because you start to tell yourself, again, that what is meant to be 
what God has placed on your scroll of purpose, the plan for your life, the hope, the future, all that stuff. It's attached to you. It's going to happen. It's going to come to pass. Maybe, not maybe, we're the ones that got the timeline wrong. And we have to let that go and just start acknowledging things um, that have happened and that will happen. But we're going to take our last break of the day and then we'll come back for more of the checkpoint. Ow! Hey, you. Yeah, you. If you're looking for a microphone to get started with your podcast, try out the Bear Ranger Bigfoot microphone. The Bear Ranger, that's B-E-H-R-I-N-G-E-R, Bigfoot microphone. Try it out today. It's a super easy microphone to set up with your laptop and get started recording your podcast. And again, the sound is so crisp that you should want to try it out today. Behringer Bigfoot Microphone. Go to Amazon or your local Best Buy to find it today. We are back. We are back. Y'all, I just went to take a, a little potty break. Number one. Well, potty break is, is the number one, so let's be clear. Um, And I... So now when I record the episodes, I put my my first son in his crate because yeah my dog loves attention he loves attention and now that it's just he and i it's like he wants all of the attention i can be on the phone and he can be knocked out sleep he will come and get right in my face like who you talking to and why you ain't talking to me like like he's gotten real mafia scarface like with the tension and i'd be like bruh i need you to calm calm your paws down so i put him in my crate uh i said my crate i put him in his crate now so he doesn't come out here doing a whole little shake rattling and roll making noise and stuff and he looked so sad. He was like, Daddy, who are you talking to? Why you got me here in my crate? What I do wrong? Oh, my God. <laughs> He'll be okay. <clears throat> he know Daddy working. You know what I'm saying? He play with his toys every now and then. I don't bother him. So let me do my work and all. You know, don't bother me. Mm, he ain't that sad. I ain't that cute. I don't be feeling too bad. So don't think I'm over here. Weeping because my baby in his crazy. You gotta go get my baby. Nah, F that. He'll be okay. He ain't got nothing else to do but lick his balls and and play around and, and make me feel like I need to go buy him 10, 15 toys at a time with the little puppy dog guys. He'll be okay here. Um, But moving on to something that also stemmed from the feeling of FOMO. Per se in the twenties, I well before I move on though that that reminded me that Issa did get her lifestyle that she wanted in the final episode. Like she got the career, she got the man, she got the child. It came in a different rollout per se, but <laughs> she got it, um, and it happened very differently. But you know, it happened for. Her. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and we were talking about 
I think, what did I ask? Did I ask the question? Oh, I asked the question about like, do they feel guilty for or obligated to to give their parents a certain lifestyle now that they're working and like some of us will go on to make more money than our parents just because of just access and the times that we are in and all all of the changes that happen um and with that that sometimes they come the the burden and feeling like you have to pay back your parents for parenting you <laughs> um because a part of a part of the anxiousness that i also felt in my 20s and and kind of go back and forth with even to today i'm doing much 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 better though now than ever before but was feeling like i needed to gain a whole bunch of success and have access to a lot of these luxury things so i can give my mom and my grandmother a lifestyle that would make them feel proud and make them not have to worry about certain things as much and um feeling like i need to compensate a certain amount of gratitude or i just need to overwork myself and all or or feel bad if i can't do certain things for them and i asked her like how do you feel about that because I feel like too, there's a pressure of when we gain success, we have to share it with our our relatives, like whether it's parents or cousin. And I think I mentioned this a few episodes back, but briefly. There's an expectation of like when we gain success that we have to share it with them. And the amount of anxiety that comes with that expectation is heavy, right? Because truth is one truth is as as adults who are children of their parents we didn't ask to be born right we didn't ask for the conception moment to happen <laughs> we didn't ask for any of this like our parents were parents because they were chosen and blessed to be parents and they had a societal, a legal, a spiritual, like a lot of expectations and requirements that came with being a parent that we didn't have any say-so in. The other thing is, since we were on the receiving end of that and we learned about showing appreciation and showing gratitude and and just showing... um, acknowledging their sacrifices that they had to make as parents we're taught that or we're taught that you don't do xyz like do you know what i had to go through for all of this for you to have this do you know i had to do all of these things to give you this thing that's always mentioned at least in a black household some i can't speak to all y'all because we grew up different there's there's diversity in the black community i get it but again for the people who feel me you feel me? Um, there's a conversation around like, you know, you shouldn't be that way. You should honor the sacrifices and, and and show appreciation for that and give back. 
but do you know how heavy that is of when you're trying to figure your own stuff out? Like, I, trying to figure out how to be an adult, we don't really have a blueprint. We really don't. If you have one, let me know so I can backtrack and backwards plan on how to finish this thing out. Since we got more years to be adult and children. Let me know. Send it to me. Send me the link. Call, tell your mama to call me. Tell your daddy to text me. Wait. No, I'm going to tell your daddy. Um, but trying to figure out how to adjust to this life while also trying to figure out how to give back to the adult life of your parents and balance the the responsibilities that we have now with paying rent, paying car note, mortgages, insurance, uh, paying medical bills, having to buy groceries, having to pay for your self-care, which includes the basic like a $40, $50 haircut or going, you know, down there to get like a, 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 a silky press or whatever the girls do now. And I hear the girls are charging expensive prices for roller sets that used to, I don't know how much it used to be now, but now it's like a, a, a stack. So like to, to balance that and then to try, you're trying to live life, you're trying to socialize and you're trying to save up for the house. So you're like, whoo. Like that's a lot. So to 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 feel like you're obligated to repay back your parents, y'all, that is a burden that has been plaguing the community for a while. And I'm sure other cultures, you know, experience the same thing. But again, I'm never going to I know some people be saying Black people, we the only people that do this. We don't. I'm not gonna say that. I'm just. I just don't know. I just don't know what goes on in the other households and other communities because one, I don't have any kind of intersectionalities with those people besides being a hue man. Being a hue man, I am a black man, a black gay man, a black boy that was raised by a black woman and a black man. So I'm only going to speak from my perspective. So don't. Don't feel like I'm over here saying that we the only people that go through this stuff. I only know what I know. So calm your tits and calm your tanks. Don't 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 come at me with the whole politically correct stuff because I know. But that obligation to repay back our parents has led a lot of people to being burned out, broken, misused. And feeling inadequate. Because when we try to juggle all of that, somewhere down the lines, a few balls get dropped. Whether it's taking care of ourselves, taking care of our household, or disappointing the people that started to feel entitled to that thing. And I can say, though, I can say, let me just say this, let me, let me make this clear. My parents, my mom and my grandmother, my grandfather, my may he rest in peace. Man, I almost got emotional, emotional just then. Jesus. Um, wow. Uh, they never made me feel like I needed to repay them. 
it's something that I just felt like I needed to do. Um, because I'm, a, maybe it's a Zodiac sign thing, how y'all be saying it. Uh, but it's just something that I've carried with me. But I can say too, that when, when you're dealing with people who are forcing that entitlement on you as you're trying to navigate as you're trying to navigate life and figure it out on your own and they can sometimes be disrespectful or treat you a certain way or like you treat you as if you're trying to be better than them or treat you as if you don't love them or see them appreciate them oftentimes it's rooted in them knowing how life was hard for them and it's hard for them to see someone that they help raise or they help nurture gain access to certain things in life that they did not and to watch it up close it's very uncomfortable and it's almost assuming that well if i poured water onto this all if i watched the 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 blooming of this flower and i i watched the the resources that this flower has now presented you know to me to me my family or whatever the harvest whatever surely i should be able to pluck it and do whatever i want to i get whatever i want to out of it because i had a hand in this and sometimes to see the flower or those seeds uprooted in place elsewhere to be fruitful for another soil that they don't have access to it freaks them out and they become agitated and they act out or they say things that are not kind that make you feel like you have to find a way to reconnect yourself or connect those resources back to them um and i see that happen a lot where people will run their children down emotionally mentally and really abuse them and really drain them dry because they don't know how to accept the truth and acknowledge that one i am the parent and i was supposed to nurture you i was supposed to pour into you i was supposed to watch you bloom i was supposed to ensure that as you were a blessing to me that i can be a blessing to you and now you can go out and be a blessing to others in this world and i think uh that also would remove some of the guilt that some people have in terms of repaying back or sharing the access and the success that you that we can gain in our lifetime not saying that you should never give back to your family absolutely be kind you know what i'm saying like have a generous heart but you are also not obligated to be the the source 
of their entire well-being because you just don't have that amount of, of strength. You don't. Um, now, if you if you out there and you are someone that can go toe-to-toe with Mark Zuckerberger or go toe-to-toe with, um, what's the bald head man from Amazon? Um, but yeah, Jeff, young Jeff, or, um, if you can go toe to toe with, um, electronic musky, fine. If you got that kind of coin, Hey, do what you do, boo. But you realistically right now that that's a 1% of the population. Um, the people I'm talking to the amount of wealth or the amount of resources that you have right now, you probably most likely don't have. Uh, unlimited amount to be the the source of the entire well-being of your mom, your dad, your your spouse, um, your um, your siblings, your cousins, all that stuff. And on the flip side of that, this is also a part of the conversation I had. On the flip side of that is when those entitled people. And I'm going to have two of my friends join me on my podcast because this is going to be an ongoing thing. And I'm going to try to call them. I'm going to try to call them. You know what? Let me see if I can. Let me see if they answer the phone right now. Hold on. Let me see. Hold on. Let me. This is uh, this is uh, this is y'all. This is on the spot. So if they don't answer, if they don't answer, that's fine. I just cussed them out later. But both of them to be working like crazy hours. Let's see. Let's see. Y'all hit y'all hit the phone ringing. Mm-mm, trifling. Not trying to answer the phone for me. Wow. Wow. We're gonna have a talk later, ladies. Um, but I'm going to ask one of them or both of them to come on to go into this topic because I think it makes sense because all all of us, we grew up in the same area, went to the same school. We know our families, we know our our now built communities of family that we've created. Um, but when those people who feel entitled start to see you blossom and share that blossom and share the fruits of all of that with new people, meaning the family that you create, oh, my, 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 it becomes a problem. It becomes like, I ain't going to say no names, but I know someone that's in a sorority and when she chooses to go on trips and stuff with her line sisters, her mom gets kind of a little, a little tooed every now and then. Well, like, yeah, such and such, she got money to, to do all these things with her line sister, with her sorority sisters, but she don't never want to do X, Y, Z. I didn't ask her for my money back it's my time and she don't never want to got that that dip 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 and i'd be like oh wow who yikes does she not supposed to do those things with the people that she has built a family with over the years hello like she most likely gained the success of what she have now alongside those people who also gain success of what they have because they were going through the trenches together. So, of course, they get to kind of witness it up close and personal. 
or like when people ooh, even 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 for me I, I i went through something where i gave someone um some some moolah and i told someone in my family about it and when someone in my family asked me if i can give some moolah to someone in my to somebody else and i said i don't have it right now their response was well you just gave such and such two hundred dollars and i did and i'll do it again if they asked me to you ain't gonna make me give you anything i ain't obligated to take care of not now adult around here i'm gonna give you what i give you and what i give you make it enough dog it but again like it goes to that they're failing or trying to guilt trip you into like oh you need to be sharing a success and the fruits of your labor with the people that you came in with because we raised you we took care of you we're your family thank you absolutely i couldn't ask for more i couldn't ask for more because i didn't even ask for that that's what you're supposed to do sweets gee whiz and it's also like i'm also thinking too that also goes to how there's a uncomfortable not for me <laughs> there's an uncomfortable feeling that some people have when it comes time to outgrowing certain members in your family there is an uncomfortable feeling that some people have when it comes to outgrowing certain members of your family so you can pour into your created family and village my 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 i'm gonna pin that for a next topic because when we start to feel ourselves navigate towards a family that we are intentional about creating whether that's the choice of your significant other, the choice of your friends, the choice of um, your church home, all of that, it can make people uncomfortable on both ends. And I know because I had a conversation with a friend one time. Oh, what did she say? She had a little slick mouth. Um, she asked me, was I going to invite one of my college friends and I said, yeah, of course. Why would I not invite her? And she was like, oh, because she did too much last time. I was like, what did she do? And she went on to tell me, and then we had a deeper conversation. And I'm like, so it sounds like you jealous. And then someone else chimed in, nah, it's just like, like you acting like you know them people for a long a period of time. You grew up with us. Let me tell you something. And I'm going to make this clear to anyone that feels obligated to stay in close connection with the people that you started with. It ain't always going to be the case for people like that. That's not going to always be a truth that you can have hanging in front of you for people like that. You Just because you went to school, elementary school, middle school, and, and, and you were best friends with um, the Tantan, you know what I'm saying? That may not be the case by the time you are 28, 29, 30, 31. There's a lot of growth that happens between those ages. You start to experience real life things with people and you start to understand the 
the the outcome of when you're intentional about choosing people that feels right to your spirit, intentional about pouring into people, intentional about receiving, um, you know, that that the, the love that's poured back into you, the care that's poured back into you. It's something very different about making that decision than just saying, well, I mean, I'm obligated to to be your friend from age seven to 97, even though there may be some things that have polarized us and we're not really serving one another and friend and friendship anymore. I really, I had a conversation with someone that was my best friend since like seventh grade and it was a tough conversation, but I realized like how she started to move around in life, not saying she a bad person and how I was moving around in life. It, we were just not serving one another as best friends. We were not, we weren't really acting as if we were best friends. And sometimes her point of view on certain things clashed with mine. And some of those things were non-negotiables for me because that was a belief system that was not just a belief system. It was certain uh, ethical code, personal ethical code for me, like personal pillars or mantras rather uh, when it came to certain things that I knew, okay, well, if this is how you view these things then we're not equally yoked here in terms of friendship. Um, yeah, so it's a, I'm definitely going to pin that because I, I think a lot of us can relate to that, especially as we start to see people getting married and, and having kids and, and moving and sometimes our life just become really busy. Like I have a, a blood brother here. Shout out to Doug. Um, we're actually brothers a few days apart, actually. <laughs> my daddy was something else. May he rest in peace. Um, uh, but my life was really busy. So right now I'm trying to like make sure as as I make certain changes in my life as far as career that I spend time pouring into our brotherhood. But outside of that, like, you know, like sometimes life just gets really busy and we start to see priorities change for for some people that we are really close with and sometimes it can drive you apart no beef it just can drive you apart sometimes and sometimes you learn how to play your position on that priority list and still respect and care for that person up close you know or sometimes you just love them from a distance because of just how life have you um yeah I think we almost had an hour and a half. My God, look at me. I'm growing. A few takeaways uh, before we end. Uh, I am wishing everyone uh, a great week ahead. May God grant you the desires of your heart. May he open up the door that you've been knocking on. May he show you what you've been seeking. And... Um, May you find peace and joy and happiness throughout each and every day that he brings you to and through. One thing that has been on my mind this week, and I wanted to, a few things actually that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, as we are seeking to gain more out of life, whether that is in the book of relationships, the book of um, materialistic things, whatever, health, whatever it has you, try to try to build a good foundation of stewardship 
over what you already have. If you have a home, well, if you're renting an apartment right now, I know rent is expensive. Try to take care of that place. Try to try to do right by it, making sure it's clean. You know what I'm saying? Like little things because those little things are actions of gratitude that show God that we are appreciative of the blessings that we have in front of us. And it shows us how we would treat the bigger things as they start to unfold in our lives. Um, so just be mindful of as we ask him for more and as we're asking for things to be in an abundance that we're also taking care of what we have right in front of us because some things we just don't get back. And stewardship also goes towards the people that we have in our lives. As you're asking God to allow you to build a community of people that, you know, sees you and value you and that you can pour into in terms of friendship and community, make sure you are also being a good steward over that community that you have now if you have one. Or that can also go to your family. Um, sometimes, and again, like we, sometimes we don't get things back in second chances or sometimes we go years somebody in the bible took like 40 years because they did something a lot of complaining a lot of something um i'll go try to find it and tag it somewhere but just be mindful of how we treat and pour into what we have because those things are given and can be taken away sometimes you may run into someone who make sure we're light up and brings joy to you. You don't get that back sometimes. Uh, sometimes it takes forever to find again. Sometimes like we lose houses, we lose cars, we lose clothes, we lose um, possession of finances. Take care and be good stewards of what we have as we are asking for increase. Um, and the last thing was to be okay we're taking time to rest. Rest is so important as we're out here doing the things that we love doing, as we're out here working towards healing. It's okay to rest, even if you are healing. I, I know this is crazy, but like you don't always have to be in the fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it mode. Sometimes it's okay to just lay down or just take a step back from that and rest and then proceed to move forward. Sometimes resting, it allows us to see how far we've come, how much work we've done before we get back to it. So take those things with you, practice good stewardship over what you have now in front of you, the people, the things, finances, all that stuff. Two, make sure you rest. It's okay to rest because it allows us to take a break, see how far we come before we get started again. Y'all have a blessed week. Follow me on Instagram at the checkpoint.podcast. And I will talk to y'all later. Mwah.